Welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren Robbins, and I'm excited that you're here. This is the place where you will feel encouraged as I share with you my friends' God stories. Whether you are on your commute to work, folding the laundry, or taking me along with you on your walk, I pray that you will feel seen by God and be spurred on to honor Him with the gifts and talents that He has given you. Let's jump in. Welcome back to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I am excited to have a friend of mine on the show today. We are not in real life friends yet, but we met through this crazy thing called Instagram. And I remember the exact video, Sharon, that you uh, messaged me about. It was actually not the one we're thinking of, but there was one that I was sitting in the bathtub because... (laughs) as you do. Right. And I was saying something about uh, liking someone's podcast, go leaving a rating and review. And then I see this God in the ordinary podcast host just comment. And I'm like, who is this person? (laughs) So this is Sharon Tedford. I am so excited to have her on. Welcome Sharon to the podcast. Ren, I'm so, so happy to be here. You were my very first can't stop listening to this podcast podcast and I, I hadn't discovered podcasts for very long so I've been listening to you for a while and it was it was uh, a must follow can't let it go so thanks for being brilliant I uh, have to listen to you oh you're sweet you're sweet I love listening to you as well and I love the fact that you have done a lot of new starts and starts that maybe a lot of us and my listeners have not done. And so that's why I wanted to have you on the show. And of course, I love what you do. And you are very multi-talented. You're an artist, which could be also a painter. We could say painter slash artist. And you are a worship leader. You are a singer. You're a mom. And you are a podcast host. So all the things I want to go back to the very beginning. And you are not, you do not have the same Southern accent that I do. So (laughs) it's funny because my, my friends would say I do have a Southern accent, except my South is in a different country from you. Mm, So yes, I do have a Southern accent, but it's a Southern English accent. There you go. There you go. Okay. So take us back to when you were born in England. Tell us what area and all the things about childhood. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm 51. So it's well, going to be a long episode. Yeah, Sit down and grab you know yourself I mean. a cup of tea because you need tea, not coffee. If an English no lady coffee. is talking to you, no coffee. Tea. No coffee. You need tea. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yes. We've lived in Texas now for 12 years. Um, so I would say, first of all, that my, our youngest son, who was four when we moved here, does not sound like me. He sounds a little more like you because he learned to read here. So when you learn to read, you hear all the vowels and everything and away you go sounding like a proper Texan. Um, Anyway, we'll get (laughs) get to that later. So I was born and grew up on the south coast of England in a town called Weymouth. There's a Weymouth, Massachusetts, I think, which is a copy of our original Weymouth in Dorset. Um, and if you if you watched the Olympics when they were in the UK, then all of the water sports, the sailing and the canoeing and stuff happened in Weymouth, in Dorset, my hometown. So that was a really fun thing to be able to see all that on, 
on the TV when we were sat here watching in Texas, watching the telly. Oh, there's my home beach. Um, <laughs> so that was fun. So I grew up on a, it's a seaside town and it's locked between the seaside and the countryside. Mm. So in the summer, it's beautiful. Um, those of you who know England know that sometimes English summers mean a high of 63. Woohoo. Um, so <laughs> that sounds wonderful. <laughs> English people go to the beach when it's 70. You know, I don't do that anymore because I now have Texas blood. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so in the summer, it was a fun place to be. You know, many of us as teenagers had jobs in the tourist in industry. Um, looking after hotels, either waitressing or cleaning the rooms or in shops selling tourist goods. And in the town where I come from, we call people who are tourists grockles. That's G-R-O-C-K-L-E, grockles. So we would walk, many of us worked in grockle shops um, selling, you know, all that kind of tat <laughs> that you buy when you go on vacation. Um, so in the summer, it was vibrant and fun. And we used to also... Um, do beach missions, which is a really great thing to do. Talking to people about Jesus on the beach, we would have a church service set up on the beach and also walk along, walk through the town, inviting people to come to our coffee bar, which, you know, uh, in the 80s, it was a very new thing. We had a coffee bar under the church in the basement, which you could access from the street. Um, so we used to bring people in there and tell them about Jesus. So it was always a very full summer and interesting and a great place to learn to just talk to anybody about Jesus. And in the winter, it was a completely different story because it was cold and it was dark and there weren't many people around because people don't go on holiday or on vacation in the winter. So it was different. So you had to really um, enjoy your family because you probably weren't going out a lot hey. <laughs> and get to know your friends and um in the town where I lived, we lived in the village outside the main town and there were not many buses and things like that. So you also learned that you could cycle in the dark and it would be okay <laughs> and all that kind of thing. Wow. So it was it was a great a great childhood. I have two brothers and we always had some kind of a pet, some dis some description dogs and rabbits and guinea pigs and um, my parents still live in the house where I grew up. So that's a real joy to be able to go home and visit them in my in my home home. Yeah, so we I didn't stay there though. When I got when I went to university, I left to go to a town called Kingston, which is just on the outskirts of London. It's still a royal borough, and that's where I did my degree in English and theatre. Okay, okay, a lot in there, and I love that Kingston. I was thinking, oh, it's Anna Green Gables, and I was like, no, that Ren, that's Canada. That is not. <laughs> the Kingston that you're talking about. But uh, but I, I want to go back too, because recently in the last few months, you went back to England to see your parents and your your dad and y'all have pictures of y'all on the countryside. I couldn't get enough of those, could not get enough. It was what England is to me, like in my mind, you know? It was really special time. I was on tour in the UK in the South and I did it mostly from my parents' house. Um, my dad is actually my UK manager, even though he's 79, he's still doing that. He, he's always been in that kind of uh, that kind of line, organizing people. And so he's been a brilliant resource to have at home. And then to go home and hang out with my mum who did all the cooking, oh, that was a gift. <laughs> oh my goodness, that sounds amazing. I wanna go and I don't know your parents. Come on. <laughs> 
I'll <laughs> I want bring to you. Go. I want to go with you. <laughs> oh, and I love the fact that you said that there was a beach church service. And, you know, we used to call it beach reach when we would do that. I never did that, but I remember our youth group would go from time to time and everybody like, yeah, you're going to suffer for Jesus at the beach, you know, <laughs> but I, I love the fact that it's where you can find God in the ordinary. And we're going to talk about that in a minute that people might be just on the beach and, but you can find God in the ordinary, but I am going to back up because you did mention that your dad is your manager. And so let's talk a little bit about that, that you were touring around as a worship leader and as a singer. And so tell us, you know, we're talking about starts today. You started uh, your life in England in that wonderful seaside town. It sounds amazing. Tell me about how you started singing and worship leading. Well, that's two separate stories, oh. actually. I started singing. I did theater as a little girl and I did dance and theater. And so I wanted to be in the primary school play. We used to do a big play at the end of the year. So primary school is elementary school. So mm -hmm. I was like 10, 11. So I auditioned for this role and it included singing because it was a musical. And I auditioned and, and I was nervous, you know, I was 10 years old. It was the first time I'd ever sung in front of anybody. And the teacher said, uh, no, you can't really sing, but you can have this role instead. And I was gutted because I thought I wasn't too bad, but I'd never had a lesson and never done anything. And I felt really embarrassed about it. So then I got the, I did the role. It was really fun. It was the comedy role which I loved, I got all the laughs. It was really fun. Yes. Yeah, I don't regret it. <laughs> but it kind of left me a little bit wounded, you know, as a 10-year-old mm. being told you can't sing. Mm. Um, then a few years later, so four years later, um, maybe three years later, actually I was 13, 14, something like that, I decided I wanted to play my dad's guitar. He he wasn't playing it anymore. He, he was too busy at work, hadn't been playing it. So I asked him if I could have it and try and learn just for fun. So I learned along with one of my very good friends at the time who lived at the end of the road and we would walk up and down the track to each other's houses with our guitars in our hands and learn to play Beatles songs and um, stuff like that. Early, early, easy peasy three chord songs or sometimes two chord songs. And then we thought, well, maybe we could write a song because we both really loved words and English. So we thought we can do that. We can write songs easy. So we wrote songs. And when I turned 14 and we were at secondary school, so at high school, something very strange happened. We decided that it would be a really good idea to perform those in front of the whole school. Now, I mean, sounds good to me. Right? Do you know, what is wrong what with What could us? go I mean, wrong? Nothing could go wrong. You're not asking <laughs> for any ridicule at all. Not at all. So we did that. And actually, nobody ever did ridicule us. I think it mainly because she was pretty cool. She was like one of the cool kids. Um, but it started something in me. And mm. I then decided that I wanted to do more of that. My brother joined a rock band, a Christian rock band that wrote all their own music. And they needed a singer after a couple of years. One of their singers had to leave to go to university or, or start a job. And so they invited me at 14 to join the band. And I was with them for four years and we wrote all of our own work. And so I was one of the song editors for that. Wow. So from an early age, that was something that was part of my heart to share Jesus mm. using music. But it was always a bit of a scary start for all mm. of that. Well, and, you know, mentioning how starts can be really scary, but that's true. I think that is in no matter what, whatever stage of life that we're in, 
every starting place is scary. I think about when my son started school, that was so scary as me as a mom to walk through that. And it's like no one else had ever been through that. No other mom had experienced (laughs) that. Yes. But it was different when it's you, you know, it's different. And so you think about that as a scary start or, um, or starting a new job or, becoming a mom in the first place or getting married or, you know, the transition in life from going from working to retiring, all of those things are scary starts. So let me ask you this, what helped you through that? And not just that scary start, but what helped, what helps you through all the starts in your life? I think that we learn how to be a good starter by starting. That's the only way we can really learn is by getting into it and just doing it. You know, I read the book a long, 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 long time ago, years ago. Um, If you want to walk on water, you've got to get out of the boat. That book is a really great book. I can't remember who it's by. I don't know either. I love that title. It's a really good book. And that's really what happens to us in life. And, you know, when we're believers, if you know who Jesus is, then you're not getting out of the boat on your own. Getting out of the boat, first of all, at his invitation, and second of all, to join him where he already is. He never asks us to do something or go somewhere that he's never been. He's not sending us into the wilderness. He's just asking us to join him in his kingdom where he is and what he's inviting us to do. So now I know that as a 51-year-old, as a 14-year-old, as a I didn't know that. But, you know, you do the little things, and as you do the little starts, then the bigger starts come next. The little things will train you for the bigger things. And it's interesting that, you know, when you talk about little starts, I think that's, it's just those small baby steps. I think is, is if we're still moving in that direction, that's, that's really is important. It's to continue taking those baby steps and not just get at a standstill. So let's go back to, so you did that until you're 18 and then went to the university. And then when did you meet your husband? That was another start in your life was meeting your husband and then having children. So tell me a little bit about that, that he is from not where you're from. <laughs> true. This is true. We have me. <laughs> lots of different accents in our house. In fact, we have an, even have a friend of ours who lives with us who comes from the north of England. So his accent is different again. So we literally wow. have four accents in the house at the moment. Yeah, my Lord. husband is from Ireland. And so he's from Northern Ireland. So he has a very different accent from me. I met him just as I was coming towards the end of my university life. He went to a different university and uh, he ended up working in London, which was close to where, where I lived. And he was leading a church event, a youth event. And the youth pastor that was now at his church used to be the youth pastor at our church. And he invited us to go along to his new youth group, like, you know, five miles down the road, not far, maybe 10 miles. Come and see us, come and hang out with us. We're doing an outreach event. We're trying to encourage people to come and hear about Jesus. Just come and join us because I don't think they're really going to invite enough people, is what he said. Uh. <laughs> well, they did. They were very good. But we went anyway with a with a bus full of kids from our youth church, from our youth um, group. And there was a meal. It was like a, a night of cabaret. So there was a singer and a, a poet and a spoken word and a magician and somebody gave a gospel presentation. And this all went on through a five course meal. It was really yeah. fun. 
just mm. you know in the church hall it sounds really really posh it was just like you know basic yeah it sounds fun <laughs> basic but it was fun and um gareth who is my husband was the mc and he has this really gorgeous irish accent i'm just saying <laughs> and there was only one seat left in the whole room during dessert which was a break for everybody and it was next to me so he came and sat next to me and we chatted and he chatted with the whole table. He says to this day, I didn't really notice you. I was really nervous because he was leading this big MC thing uh -huh. and he was still in work mode because there was uh -huh. more to come. Sure. Um, but we chatted and um, actually on the way home in the bus, the girl's like, oh, he fancies you. He fancies you. I, said, well, <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know about that. Uh, we talked some more and they said, why do you like him? And I said, I really think I do. I think I'm going to marry him. And they were like, oh, what? <laughs> like for real, that happened. And what? then and then we bumped into each other two or three other times. Just totally, it was a God thing in mm. places where he shouldn't have been. Mm. Not, not, not like he shouldn't have been there, but yeah, yeah, know, yeah. I didn't expect him to be there. Yes. Um, wow. One of which, this is also funny from his side, one of which was speaking at my university um, that we have something called Christian Union at universities, which is like a club where Christians have church christian students have church um get just just as a body of students and it's led by students for students need uh, you have something similar here uh uh what do you call it the student life yes like yeah. yes uh -huh. um and here's my husband well he is now my husband gareth's um, i'm trying to i'm flatmate is the word i'm saying in my head that's not the american phrase his roommate roommate yeah, his okay roommate. i was he like flat like, roommate not okay. like flat stanley yes we call a <laughs> he's quite he's very 3d man um <laughs> he was the speaker at my university that night and he said to gareth oh i don't want to go on my own there's gonna be a load of young young guys who are still students they're only two years older than us but you know like oh you know we're so past it yeah and he so he said to gareth would you come with me please please don't make me go on my own and gareth didn't want to go and then chris who was his roommate said you never know you might meet your wife <gasps> uh -uh. <laughs> which i didn't know until a couple of years later wow. and yeah we, we bumped into each other and then here's mm. the most embarrassing part of the story i thought i'd never see him again mm. so i wrote him a letter and asked him out <gasps> Sharon. Oh, I Woo. know. I know. But it worked. It. Here we are 25 years later. <laughs> <laughs> it did work. Wow. That is incredible. And I love how I love how things happen early on in our mm. lives. And then you see how God was working then. Mm. And you that is a God in the ordinary moment. Like, mm -hmm. is it not? And so Oh my I goodness, keep, yes. I mean, I keep saying God in the ordinary because y'all, that is her the name of her podcast. God in the ordinary. And it's talking with women and men and women and men from England. All walks of life. Yep. And yep. from mm -hmm. the, you know, maybe they live in the United States now and they were from England. All these connections that you have and they share about God in the ordinary, where mm -hmm. they see God in the ordinary in their lives. And I just love that. So tell me, we talked about the start of, of meeting your husband, Gareth. Tell me about the start of God in the Ordinary, because this is just, mm -hmm. I think it's so good, and I think it's so practical, and it's so needed, and I love it. So tell me a little bit about how get God in the Ordinary. I say get to, because it's G-I-T-O, so when yeah. I see it, Gitto. it's Gitto. Gitto. Yes. So tell me how that started. Well, Gitto came about because 
Well, two sides, again, two sides of the story because ah. our God is amazing and he's working in the hearts of everybody. Mm. So somebody on my team in the UK um, is an expert in audio. He works for the BBC. He's a freelance producer. He's done all the big TV shows and radio shows and you know lots and lots of things. Very gifted. And years ago, we used to work together in the church in London where I was a worship leader. And my job, one of my jobs as as one, we had, a, we had a team of four worship leaders. And one of my jobs was to do the productions. So I was, did a lot of work with Gary, his name is Gary, um, because of the audio stuff. So I did a lot of work with him. So I knew him quite well. And so um, to cut a very long story short, he ended up moving to the South Coast and ending up in my parents' church totally by accident. It was definitely a God did that moment. And so he joined my UK 61 Things, it's the name of my ministry, 61 Things team, and has been great, really helpful getting me interviews and radio stuff in the UK when I go on tour there. So he called me one day and said, Sharon, I've been thinking about something else that we need to do together. And I think we need to start a podcast. But I don't want you to answer me. Don't tell me about whether you think that's a good idea or not, because it's quite overwhelming. I know that this is all in the middle of lockdown. Mm. And he said, you know, I've been thinking about that. We can do this together. I'll be your producer. You be the talker. <laughs> mm. And he said, I don't want you to answer me now. Come back and tell me later. Well, I didn't answer him, but I did just burst into tears because for about a year before that, God had been saying to me, you need to start a podcast. People want to hear you talk. Mm. People want to hear you talk. You need to start a podcast. And people would randomly say that to me. Oh, I love listening to you talk. Would you read me the phone book? Why don't you do a podcast? And I just was like, I don't have time to learn all of the technical stuff. Now, had yeah. I known Ren Robbins back then, I could have had Ren Robbins, the podcast coach, and all would have been fine. <laughs> but I didn't know Ren Robbins back then. So when Gary called me and said this, it was already rattling around in my heart mm. that God had said, use your voice, use your voice. Um, and I'm used to using my voice as a singing voice, but not necessarily as a speaking, although I've done interviews and all that sort of thing. But, you know, to make it the thing was new to me. And that was kind of a scary start. So Gary and I chatted for about two months and we had a lot of time to talk because it was lockdown so we did a lot of zoom calls because gary lives in england um and we just came together his idea he came with the idea of god in the ordinary and we just built it around that and then suddenly one day we realized that oh my goodness isaiah 61 is so foundational to this call and my ministry 61 things is based on isaiah 61 and so it was natural to just tuck it in to the podcast every week and it's one of my favorite things that guests come and say what they see in isaiah 61 and if you don't believe that the word of god is living and active you will when you've heard all of these episodes where somebody says something different about isaiah 61 every time and that's I think that makes you, there's a lot that makes you unique as a podcaster, but that podcast stands, I think it stands apart because of the fact that there is, there's practical, there's God in the ordinary, there is spiritual application, and then you have the word. And so you have Isaiah. I love how you say Isaiah. I love that. <laughs> we used to have a preacher come and he would say Isaiah and he had that accent and I loved it. And I was like, I love it. Um, 
and on Caleb, we'll hear someone speaking and they say Isaiah and Easton loves it. He's like, who is, <laughs> I, I need to hear that again. So he needs to, he needs to listen to God in the ordinary. Um, but I love that your mission, your ministry is called 61 things based on Isaiah 61. And you are right. There are so many different things that you can get out of it. And I love how you just step back from the microphone and you let your guest on the podcast tell what they are getting from Isaiah 61. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's impactful and I think it make it sets you apart. And so I, I love that you incorporate the word into your podcast. Thank so you. tell me about 61 things. It's also based on Isaiah 61. What makes Isaiah 61 stand out to you? It didn't. The truth is it didn't. I was at a very large event here in Texas because you know, in Texas, we do everything big, including church. <laughs> And I was invited to a a ladies event at Gateway Church, which is just down the road from where I live. And so there were like three or four thousand women there at this um, conference. It was really great. Mm. And we went out to have lunch and came back to our seat, which was a designate. I sat in a designated seat. Some people you didn't have designated seats, but I was Mm. with a friend of mine who'd bought an actual ticket. So we had a designated seat. That's important. And um, when we came back to our seats, there was a postcard tucked inside every single seat in the whole auditorium. Hmm. So 3,000 or 4,000, however many cards tucked inside the seat. And every single card had a word of prophecy on it. And every single card was different. Hmm. And my card was so dead on that I couldn't even read it to my friend. I was just sobbing and when she read it she knows my story she said Sharon oh my goodness how do they know these things how on earth how on earth Mm -hmm. and it was really encouraging and it was based on Isaiah 61 verses 1 through 4 and calling me out as an oak of righteousness so I came home and um, there's there had been a lot of disappointment and some huge church hurts that had happened in our lives Mm -hmm. sort of the year prior to that And, and this this prophecy said you've you've stuck to Jesus you've kept to the truth and you are an oak of righteousness and some other things as well. And I stuck it on my notice board, which was by my desk and just carried on. And then after about two or three days, I really felt like the Lord was saying, and Sharon, ahem, what do we do with words of prophecy? We do what? We weigh it and we test it, don't we? So, so, and I felt like he was saying, so you better weigh that and test it. Mm. So um, I opened the Bible and asked the Lord to show me what he wanted me to see in Isaiah 61 expecting to get some notes and after 58 pages of notes i realized that god was saying something deep and intense to me through this that i needed to share Mm. and so that's really where the name 61 things comes from because all of the things in isaiah 61 are important and should drive us and help us grow and feed us and inspire us Mm. to reveal god and to revitalize people with a hearty dose of hope. Mm. I did not know that. That is gold tucked in there. And I love how you knew and saw that that was the Lord moving. And you tested and you went to him, poured out your heart to him, and he showed you. And I think we think that, you know, oh, I don't, if I pray about this, I don't think, I don't know if I'm going to get direction. Well, in his word, he says that he will, if we draw close to him, he will draw close, close to us and, and he will show us, he will give us that wisdom. And so I love that you, you said that, that you're modeling what 
God in the ordinary is, is that you are going to him and in prayer and in his word and seeking after him. Wow. So here's what I'm going to ask you. Where have you seen God in the ordinary in your life? Maybe it was a long time ago. Maybe it was coming to Christ. Maybe it was meeting uh, your husband. Maybe it was singing in the Christian band. Maybe it was starting 61 things. Maybe it was starting the, the God in the ordinary podcast or even something recently. Where has God been God to you in the ordinary? I think I would say yes, Red, <laughs> to all of those things. Yes, mm -hmm. I saw God in the ordinary steps, or as I would say, ordinary, in the ordinary steps of meeting someone, falling in love, in starting a new job as a teacher. I saw God in the ordinary day to day of having a class full of 34 children and how I, you know, you know what that's like. How on mm. earth do you teach them and love them and guide them and shepherd them? I saw God when we moved to this country, which was a huge step and a really difficult start for me because I didn't go anywhere. I was at home. My children went to school and my husband went to work and I was home on my own for a little while, even without any internet connection, because you know how that goes. It takes a while to get it up. Yeah. Um, so I saw God in those moments where I knew I wasn't alone. I would see there's actually a, <laughs> this is really funny, there's a shape. In Texas, we always have textured walls. So we don't have any of this like flat plaster. And mm -hmm. by our kitchen table downstairs, there is the shape <laughs> of a Roman centurion. Honestly, I'm not joking. You could really see it. It's just accidental. But when you show it to people like, oh, wow. I see it. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> and, you know, stuff like see God in that. God's saying, you know, there's a soldier right here with you. You're not stand. You're not here on your own. Mm -hmm. You're not here on your own in this house. And even a year ago, I was here upstairs. I'm in my closet for those of you who can't see me because um, <laughs> that's what us podcasters do. <laughs> that's right. That's right, girl. No we shame do. here. No shame that's in right. my game. All for the seriously. audio. That's right. Everything. That's right. <laughs> and I was, I was in my bathroom up here and we have little tiles that run around the edge of the bath. And from this angle, one of the tiles literally has a heart in it. Mm. And it's just a, just a random tile, but it's got the shape of a heart in it. And God said to me, see, I love you all the time, wherever you are, whatever room. That was a God in the ordinary, just jumping out to me mm. from a tile. And I have been seeing God reveal himself to me at 6.15 every morning when I drive our youngest son to school on a six-minute drive. He's in band, so he does this early before mm. school stuff. <laughs> on a six-minute drive, we share the daily scripture um, on BibleGateway.com, the scripture of the day, we talk about Jesus. And he has stuff that I've never even thought about. It's only six minutes, so it's not deep, but it is meaningful. And I see God revealing himself to me through the simplicity of a drive in the dark with a teenager who's reading a scripture. And I just love that if we keep our eyes open, he's everywhere, he really is. He's in the tiles. He's in the wall. <laughs> he's in a daily Bible verse. He's in the cold of a 6.15 morning drive. Mm. I'm tearing up right now because of the fact that I, I resonate. That resonates with me so much of just knowing that he's there and just having those analogies to seeing the things that that you've seen at your, in your house when you were there by yourself, when, like you said, your husband went to work, your kids went to school, and then you were there. Okay. 
okay, God, we know you called us to come over here. And so Mm -hmm. now, now what? So, wow. I love that you model God in the ordinary for us and through your podcast. So I want y'all to go check out Sharon's podcast, Sharon and Gary at God in the ordinary. And I want you to tell us where we can find you, Sharon, to connect with you, because there are a few places we can connect with you online. Yes, you can find me at my website, which is 61-things.com. That's the number 61-things.com. And then all over social media, I'm a bit of a mess. 61 <laughs> things. There's no dash in there. Just you'll just find me. 61 things. Or you can find God in the Ordinary on Facebook and Instagram. But you can find the God in the Ordinary link on my website, 61-things. Mm, and I'll put this in the show notes as well. And then on Instagram, we will have that Thank you. Uh, connection for when you're your show comes out with your episode, but thank you. I do want to also say, find, oh, sorry. You can also no. find all of my, my album as well on Spotify and all of your favorite music downloading platforms. See, so, look at yeah. you with your music, your singer voice and your speaking voice, <laughs> all of it. When God asked you to speak, he really did. He really, he really did. He, <laughs> meant, he meant it. Right. And you're like, yes, yes, I will yes, do that. Sir. <laughs> I love it. Hey, Sharon, this has been such a joy. I do ask one question, as you know, at the end, well, really three small questions at the end of each episode. So I always ask, what are you eating, reading and loving? And it's really the highlight of the episode <laughs> for me too. I, do you know what? I have loved that too. I, you know, sometimes I get somewhere and I'm listening to your episode, but I haven't, I've arrived. I'm sitting in the garage because I uh-huh. want to know the eating, reading, loving. I'm not moving. And you yeah. should write a book called Eat, Read, Love. Girlfriend. I'm just stop saying. it. Stop you it right do now. It. You okay. should do that in your spare time. I'm, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I am eating keto at the moment. Okay. And I will I be forever know. and ever because uh, last September, well, actually September before now, because we're in 2022, but September 2020, one of the fun things that happened for me in lockdown was I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. <gasps> Are really you? fun. Yes, I, I was. That. Oh, bless your heart. And so I said to the doctor, because God invited me to this. I am not saying that I don't think that tablets are a good thing. Don't hear me say that. But I've heard God invite me to using diet and exercise to change my life mm. and to use the temple that he'd given me mm. properly. So I, I did that uh, with the help of a friend who's a nurse and, um, and also the help of the very wonderful Dr. Annette Bosworth, who you can find on YouTube. She's called Dr. Boz, B-O-Z, B-O-Z, as you would say, Dr. Yay. Boz. Amazing. She's a believer too. Oh my goodness. Okay. Ren, you should get her on your podcast. Okay. For real, you should get <laughs> yes, her. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Just saying. I will. Um, we should both <laughs> get her on our podcast. Yeah, we both should do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, she helped me to understand how to live a keto lifestyle. And I am now a, a year and a half in and don't take medicine. My blood glucose is, is lovely. So I only have one meal a day. That's all part of the way of controlling my out of control Um Insulin. Insulin. Thank you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> a little well, word. Thought, okay. Yes. Yeah. Yes. It was out of control. So I had become insulin um, resistant. And so I have to retrain my body. So that okay. has actually been a, a difficult, mm-hmm. but very re- rewarding. Um, I'm very glad I did it. God has been very, very gracious in that. Mm. So that has turned things around. So reading, what I'm reading is a book called Scared to Life by Ryan George. 
and I'm excited because he might just be a guest of mine in the future. Okay. We never say who our guests are going to be, do we? But he might no. be. I'm just like dropping in a maybe, perhaps. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> and I tripped over him on social media and listened to him giving an interview. I'd never heard of him before in November. And he said, well, I just want to, I just see that God reveals himself through extraordinary uh, ways of living. He is um, an extreme sports Okay. Um, leader and a coach and all that sort of stuff, uh, lover. Um, uh -huh. So when he said, I see God reveal himself through all mm. of these things, I was like, oh my goodness. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yes. oh, stop, stop yes. right now. So I ordered the book in, in November and read it and then just contacted him and said, okay, Ryan, I need you. Please come and talk on our podcast. It's yes. a really good book. It's full of all the stories that he does of exciting extreme sports and how God speaks to him through those things. It's incredible, really encouraging. Highly recommend it. Uh, my husband's going to read it after I finished it. Very and good. I'll be handing it on to my kids because I think two of my kids are extreme sports lovers. So okay. they'll love it. That sounds great. And loving, what am yeah. I loving? This is a bit weird. And I was going to say it and then I wasn't. And I was like, oh, just do it. It's just fine. Just do it. I'm loving having a bath. Not right now. I'm not having a bath right now. So don't okay. be worried about that. Not, okay. <laughs> that would be that would be really bad. I do have a bottle yeah. of water here. But that isn't my bath. That's my bottle of water. Just in case you're afraid. But, but part of my healing my body has been to have a bath with Epsom salts in it because I needed to recover all of my magnesium. And so this is one of the things that the lovely Dr. Boz helps us to understand because my magnesium was so low, it's partly why my pancreas was upset. So I have a bath with at least eight cups of Epsom salts. Don't be putting in a bath bomb. That's rubbish. Does nothing. <laughs> you need about eight cups and then, you know, you feel like you're floating in it. Okay. And then do breath prayers. I sit in the bath in the dark and do oh. breath prayers so that I can sleep. That's, that's partly something that happens when you become insulin resistant is you can't sleep. Mm -hmm. And if you can't sleep, your insulin goes crazy. So it's a terribly vicious circle. Okay. So one of the things to do mm -hmm. is to be really relaxed, fill your body with magnesium, which helps you sleep. And do breath prayers, focusing on Jesus. And I think you've had someone talking about breath prayers. But I will just yes. remind you, in case you uh -huh. don't know, Take a short verse of scripture. Yes. For instance, Isaiah 61, the first part of verse one says, the spirit of the Lord is on me. So you can do that when you breathe in. You say the spirit as you breathe out of the Lord. The spirit of the Lord. <gasps> That's me breathing in and out. Yeah. <laughs> so you just sit and meditate on that scripture and God will speak to you through it. And it's wonderful. And it does help your brain to really focus on Jesus. I don't want to meditate on nothing that's not safe. Meditating on, mm. meditating, I mean <laughs> meditating. <laughs> Clearly I need to do some now. Meditating on Jesus is so powerful. Mm. So that's what I've been loving, an Epsom salt bath. Okay, question. What is the magnesium in, in the Epsom salts? Epsom salt is magnesium. Okay, there, see, there you there go. You go. Because I have heard to make sure you're like the third person in within a month that has mentioned Epsom salts, mm. that like a bath. So yep. there you go. And it's supposed to be unscented, like nothing yep. else in it, just unscented. I add, I add essential oils, like essential oils. in the okay. box. I don't, you can buy them with essential oils, but, but no, you don't yeah. need to do that. You, yeah. I buy it in a big, like eight pound bag. It's uh -huh. cheaper. The more you can buy, the cheaper it is. You have okay. to make sure that it's the right grade for you and not just for for spreading on the road. So you don't want uh, that. 
because uh-huh. they had mud in it. So you just have you can. Okay. Some people buy it from feed stores. They get like sixteen pound bags. Our feed store don't sell the one that oh, I need. So okay. I actually for um, for our American friends, I get mine from Walmart because it's less than a dollar per pound. Wow. Okay, that's good to know because I know I'll have questions about that, and I know my mom will have a question about that when she listens. She'll be now tell me exactly. Let me text Sharon. Okay. <laughs> but I'm glad you shared notes. that. Yeah, I'll put in the show notes, right? Go check the show notes, mom. Um, okay. So and also back to your eating keto, what is your favorite keto snack? Like specifically? Snack. No I don't snack. I don't because I only eat once a day. You eat so once a day. I have an eating window of just an, just two hours and I eat a meal okay. in that space. I don't snack. So tell me what is one of your favorite things that you would have on your plate? Hmm. Cheese. Mm. <laughs> That's very British. I am it such a British. European. I love cheese. I do and too. The, the most exciting thing in my life right now, if you had a, what are you eating, reading, loving? And what's the most exciting thing in your life? Uh-huh. The most exciting thing in my life right now. <laughs> Is that I can buy cheese from Costco that comes from the farm next door to my brother in England. Stop it right now. Truth. No, wait, it's what's the name of it? Coastal cheese. You know and I'm going to be getting some of that. You have to have it. It's extra sharp. We call it mature. It's the most amazing cheese you've ever eaten in your whole entire life. The end. It, okay. Is it, is it <laughs> a block of cheese? It is. It okay. is. Okay. And it's about... It's a big block because it's Costco. So it's like about $6. Yeah. Oh, I'm totally getting that. I'm going to be like, it. I know the the sister of the brother of the, of, the yeah, I'm next getting door. this. Yeah, I am. Sure am. Sure am going to do that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. I'm glad I asked that. So cheese is something that you really enjoy on your yep. plate. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's good to know. Oh my goodness. Sharon, this has been so great. We could go on and on, but I, I want everyone to go check Sharon out at 61 things or 61 dash things.com and go check out God in the ordinary. It is incredible. And, um, I just appreciate you coming on the show and I'm just so glad that God drew us together. Like how cool is that? Me too. Thank you, Ren, for what you do. Your, your ministry is so important, has impacted me so much. So thank you so much. You're you're brilliant. Oh, I love you. And I'm so grateful for your story and for sharing with us how you see God in your ordinary. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining me for today's show. For more encouragement, hop on over to Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast. I would love for you to send me a direct message and say hi. Okay, that's going to do it for this episode. Remember, we are all friends of a feather, so let's stick together. Have a great week, and I'll see you next time. Bye, friends.